Welcome to CII Podcasts. A very good afternoon to all of you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition on I Have a Dream, uh, India at 100. We're going to talk about unleashing the growth of the agricultural sector primarily, but of course, uh, India cannot grow the way it needs to grow or the country needs to be without this sector which is so critical uh, to the country it's always been and i'm sure it will continue to be you know in the in the years ahead and really to to anchor this conversation uh, with us uh, we have none other than mr ajay shriram who is the chairman and senior managing director of dcm shriram uh, as we all know it's a household name uh, the company with a you know large group turnover over 1.2 billion in many areas it's a leading conglomerate with a presence in india philippines and many other parts of the world uh, ajay of course uh, is an expert in in this subject but more importantly somebody who as cii president really led the agenda for indian industry and indian inc and really established a large part of the foundation building block for what cii achieved as a part of his India 75 program. And, you know, I'm going to tap into Ajay's uh, knowledge and experience uh, over the last, you know, 15 years of uh, his championing Indian industry and its role uh, in not only in India, but in the world, also as a part of uh, this conversation. Uh, he is, you know, being conferred the degree, you know, the honoris causa by the BML Munjal University. He has received Lifetime Achievement Award 2020 by, from the Indian Chemical Council. And I can go on. Ajay is uh, Chairman of the Board of Governors of the Indian Institute of Management in Simor, uh, governing body of the uh, Sriram College of Commerce, which he chairs. And he's been a member of the Board of Governors of many institutions uh, in the past. And, you know, especially when it comes to the agriculture industry, yeah, he's been the president and chairman of the International Fertilizer Industry, uh, the Fertilizer Industry Association of India, and many other aspects which link industry in, in, in several ways uh, with the future development of the country, as well as, you know, playing a key stakeholder in nation building. Uh, and, you know, in, in, as CII president, as I mentioned, I think Ajay has made a very significant contribution both to Indian industry and to the country. So, real pleasure to have you here, Ajay, with, with us today and have this conversation, uh, you know, free-flowing chat on what we have achieved uh, as a country and where we will go uh, from here uh, as we move towards the next 25 years, as our Prime Minister, Honourable Prime Minister likes to call it the Amrit Kal for India. You know, we've seen tremendous acceptance of India uh, globally, uh, especially in these last you know few years uh, the ability for india to to create a, a new uh, growth pattern both for the country as well as to be able to collaborate effectively with larger cross sections of the world uh, to be able to establish ourselves you know more as a global leader and as we you know step into this uh, this next 25 years uh, it would be lovely to to get a sense from you is how do you dream of uh, India at 100? Like when you when you go to bed and you know you want to get a a, a dream, uh, what do you see India at 100 like uh, India of 2047? So maybe we'll start with that and take it from there. Well, firstly, thank you, Rajan. Thank you very much for inviting me to this program and to share some thoughts with you. And thank you very much for your kind words uh, in the introduction. Really appreciate that's really thoughtful of you. 
I think this is a very relevant topic indeed when we try to think of the next 25 years because I think whether it's a company or whether it's a country having some sort of a vision and some sort of a thinking for the future is very important to be able to start the steps and the activities to lead to that but four five areas which are of concern to me which I sincerely hope we are able to do something very concrete to achieve that degree of achievement in the next 25 years first and foremost i really feel i sincerely hope we have jobs for everybody i think that's a very crucial requirement for a country like india our demographics being what it is where 65% of our population is below the age of 35 and if i'm not mistaken approximately 50% are below the age of 25 so the job requirement over the next 20 25 30 years is going to be very acute and i think i sincerely hope that we are able to create jobs for that we require a tremendous focus on the education side but not on regular college education like we normally talk about but i think we have to learn from companies like germany and others where the focus on vocational training is very strong on practical hands on training is very strong by which people can get jobs not in areas where you require a bcom or a bsc or things of that type but where the requirement in india is very high so i hope the education side of vocational training is given adequate attention and is really pushed so people at all levels in all geographies can get that sort of a training consequently i sincerely hope there is no extreme poverty when we come to 2025 because we have to do a lot of activities to come to that stage every country in the world has its challenges there is no doubt i'm sure india will too but i think if you are able to work towards providing an uh, economic environment and educated people who can get the jobs i think that will be a very positive thing another area i think which is really required is uh, approach towards growth in a sustainable manner i think sustainability is something we can't forget we are seeing the weather pattern changes all over the world even now and it's worrying what's going to happen down the line the uncertainty is very high so i think we have to be able to manage our own environment and be conscious of how we are acting in a sustainable way i would also say india has the potential tremendous potential because of our manpower and our intellect in our population to be a leader in the world in the innovation space and in the technology space i think these are some areas where our people have excelled many of them have excelled outside india very actively very aggressively how do we push that within india i think you know that scope is also tremendous i hope that happens and last but not least there are many points but you know i just want to i don't want to keep carrying on that way i think what is required in a very focused way is a gender balance a gender equity i think that is somehow it is not got enough prominence and importance in various areas where it should get So I sincerely hope that's an area which is also focused, and by India at 100, we have a good gender balance so that we have equity among men and women across the board. I think no, this. Yeah, yeah, of course, no great points, and I think the key word I picked there, Ajay, is inclusivity because you're saying jobs for all, skills training, no poverty, gender inclusivity, you know, growth with sustainability, but you know the innovation and. technology piece that you talked about right i think you know what you rightly said indians are creating that value globally 
everywhere yeah. in the world it's yeah. high time we we did it in india and we probably do it in areas you know where we can make a massive difference on a larger scale right so when we look at agriculture for example uh, you know it is definitely one of the key pillars of our economy and i think offers tremendous growth opportunities i mean in many many ways uh, if we can get our technology piece right there so do you have any thoughts on on how we can use technology better you know because through your companies maybe you have already done so and and you know a larger thing on how do we get better momentum particularly in the next 5 years right because i think that opportunity comes in the budget if you remember there was a discussion on a, a public digital stack on agritech on agriculture also which i think will give rise to a lot of innovation so would love to get some thoughts from you on on how technology will play a key role there see you're right agriculture for india is a very crucial industry where today we have almost 14.6 uh sorry 100 140 uh, crore families 14 crore families who bank on agriculture so if you take at five members per family the numbers are very large indeed unfortunately due to the population and due to the spread of land approximately 82% plus own less than 2 hectares of land so that's a very big challenge how do we get them to understand the technology and the needs of how to have really productive agriculture about 60 65% of population live in rural india so you know they need an income level and agriculture is where all this can come from so you are absolutely right agriculture today which contributes to about 17 18% of our gdp can go higher by getting into technology in a much more aggressive and much more focused manner is good to see activities have started there is no doubt but i think with this large number of farming community members one requires a contact with them in some concerted way to be able to share knowledge and input how to improve agricultural output and productivity which will give them a better income ultimately the objective is to give them a better income a couple of things where the farmers lose out today today there are between 6 to 8 different middlemen for a lot of the agricultural output and the farmer gets barely 20 to 25% of the consumer price we have to do something there we have to use technology for better market linkages so that the farmers can sell directly to uh, a corporate or to some other level where you don't have to go through many small people and the farmer loses out i think the second area where one requires focus which can help the farming community a lot is having tie-ups with the corporate sector and there are examples which are available in india abundance like i mean we are involved in the sugar industry we've seen how the sugar industry the contact with the farmers our communication with them on agriculture practices when to supply the sugarcane etc gives them a tremendous advantage of being able to supply a fresh crop which has more weight than a crop which is cut and left in the fields for a couple of days so it loses weight they lose out on that i'm happy to state that in the sugar in the industry in our areas i mean the range the the yields per hectare range from 50 55 tons to over 200 tons and that's because of the technology being shared with the farmer and the farmer absorbing and implementing it so i think there's a lot of and this is where corporates can play a very major role in using technology to help farmers improve their yields consequently improve their incomes 
government moved very actively on fpos farmer producer organizations that's a very strong forum and a strong body which can connect with the farming community for the input side and for the output side so there you can if the fpos were to work in a consolidated manner to sell the produce to bulk users rather than small small mandiwalas the farmers can get a better realization so i think fpos can also play a very major role in how to help one area i am very passionate about i keep talking about everywhere where farming community has to do more everyone has to but so does farming is water conservation i think that is a very big challenge in the country today approximately 70% of our water is used in agriculture but barely 10 to 20% is used effectively the rest drains away how do we use drip irrigation how do we use land leveling there are so many technologies available to conserve water and optimize water i think that requires something which will be an asset for the long term for every citizen of india i mean i i i'm worried that 5 years 10 years 15 there will be wars over water not only in india but in the world one has to do something very concrete in that side on the technology side again is good to see drones are coming in now you know uh, we ourselves have started working with our farmers and providing on a contract basis where they can rent mechanization rent drones etc for spraying it's in the very initial stages but it is happening and it can go a lot more mechanization can go a lot more for applying the various fertilizers inputs in a more focused way spraying them so that they get absorbed through the leaves you know that can all help in terms of yield help in terms of productivity and reduce the cost to the farmer so i think that's another area where a lot of work can can be done soil management is another very crucial area where one has to have the technology which is available to test the quality of soil give it the right fertilizers so you get optimum yield you know my whole thinking is ultimately we need to work towards improving farmers incomes if the farmers income goes up with a better crop output better crop yield better delivery to the customer it's a win win across the board so i think this is where technology of all types even today we are using whatsapp messaging with all our sugarcane farmers over 200000 of them or went to supply sugarcane to the factory said it's only going to grow when the youngsters come into it so technology scope is tremendous and it's catching on but it has to move faster yeah you know i think what you're saying is this real time access to data and real time kind of you know improvements in 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 so many of the areas that you talked of because i think all of them are are so important one of the things i share that is always a little worrying is that when we look at the credit facilities that are supposed to go out you know to the farming community uh, you know we say we'll target 18% but i think as of in 2021 it was just about 10.5% being directed to the agriculture sector you know i think is there some reason why that is happening can multiple stakeholders come together because today technology innovation over these public infrastructure digital stacks etc will happen i strongly believe by that young rural farmer like what you talked of right where they you know there is a ground level innovation that they probably can amplify scale for not only for india and the world do you see you know those kinds of either credit or other maybe you know uh, equity uh, investments like the startup world etc going into this sector uh, from uh, you know as 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 time moves on absolutely and you are absolutely right 
I think whether it's startups or I would say existing corporate sector also hmm. have a tie with the farming community. They can also help the farmers get credit at the time of need and repay it after the crop comes out and they are able to sell it. But there has to be a mechanism where there's trust between the farming community and where they can get the money from in a seamless way. I think that effort has to go in a little bit. But just to give an example of corporates, we have tied up in our sugar business with banks where farmers can go to the banks to get a loan during the course of the growth of the crop. And we've taken the guarantee that after they've signed the loan and signed an agreement with us, we will repay the bank out of the, cane mon the money we have to pay the farmer for sugarcane. So it's a win-win across the board. Sure. Can do a lot more credit which can be done. Startups which are working in rural areas, they have a good connect. They can play a major role with the banking system also or with other lending mechanisms which are coming up now to give them the money and advance giving and settling against their crop is a very tenable practical solution but it has to be in an organized way it can't be ad hoc that you know because today very often mandis etc they carry they take the crop they're lying standing there for two days three days not knowing who they'll sell it to at what price I think this way government has to also come in. They are giving a lot of loans to the farming community, but come in to give it a more organized structure and flavor yeah. so that the farmers can get the money and get uh, the price for their crop. That's what uh, is a big challenge for the farming community also. Now, we've got to scale this right across yeah. what you said, across all types of farmers, you know, to be able to truly unlock this potential. You know, we say India is a global food bowl, right? It's going to be because Let's face it, our relationship with food uh, in India linked through agriculture is very different from most societies, right? I mean, you know, when we see how it is and and I think, you know, it's a very uh, futuristic goal that India will, you know, ensure food security not only for our own people, but to a large extent can become a large food supplier to the world, you know, and as we see that, you know, I think uh, uh, we need to get our overall strategy right. So. Any any thoughts on, on on strategic things that we can do across multiple stakeholders, right? Is it is there government's role? Is there private sector? Is there civil society? I don't know. Is there some multilateral work globally that we need to do uh, to ensure that we can at least unlock this strategy? I think you know it is it is combined definitely. Uh, ultimately, end of the day, the farmer has to buy his inputs from somewhere or someone and sell his output to someone. How do we get that connect going all the way? On the input side, the potential for better quality seeds, timely availability of fertilizers, the knowledge of how to apply water at what time of the day or night or year or month, whenever it is required. I think that's when technology and knowledge has to come in in a very focused manner. So farmers actually utilize that time to improve their yield and get the output. I think that is something very important. And coming back on the output side, I think again, this is where the tie-up with corporates can play a very positive role in giving them an income. There are so many, like I was mentioning sugar, you take the sugar industry, take the dairy industry, some of the fruits manufacturers, uh, some of these are really giving the farmers an assured income, which is a very forward-looking approach to give them a sense of security. I think where we need to do a lot more 
is of area life food processing you know that is something where the farmer can be a beneficiary corporates can manage it correctly and get their returns and the country gains on exports it's a win win across the board but we need to do a lot more on that but you know in agriculture rajan one of the biggest issues is india today is 29 states and 8 union territories agriculture is a concurrent subject so ultimately the final decision on what is to be done is taken by the state and that is where there is no each state has their own policies due to various tugs pulls or their own priorities whatever they are i would feel like mr arun jetli when he was finance minister set up the gst council which had all the finance ministers of all the states of india i think if the central government were to set up an agriculture council and make that a forum to discuss periodically certain policy issues for agriculture which affects the entire farming community and every consumer too across the board i think that will be a positive outcome in some time of getting an alignment which can be a win win for the states also so i think some coordinated working like this for sharing policies sharing uh, uh, what to do what not to do technology transfer solutions learning from each other states where each one is doing better i think some of these can be very positive for actual economic growth on the agriculture front no and you know especially as we look at the new age agricultural sector right what we were talking earlier you know which will actually start separating some of the states from the others right because i think as technology starts to play a deeper role we always find that you know there is a winner takes it uh, all kind of a thing and i think maybe it can increase competitiveness among states but more importantly i think it's very it's, that's a great uh, point for us to to you know take back uh, even as cii as in india at 100 in our vision document on how do we create a framework and a collaborative platform yes. for multiple policy makers to come together not only to understand you know best practices globally but also to work amongst one another to see how we can uh, ensure that you know the good practices go but you know regulatory wise you know there's a, there are agriculture has its own little regulatory framework and you you're right you know different states and all because it's also somewhere a political subject uh, because it involves large numbers of people how how do you really see this uh, is there any policy support or something that you feel that can resonate across uh, you know the country that can work when it comes to shaping this new age sector particularly you know when we talk to people in the government in couple of states which i've been and a center of course everyone talks very positively that they want the productivity to go up farmer income to go up the second part is in any sector anywhere in the world one will always have black sheep that's a given of human nature so whenever when i was involved with cii more vocally on various government platforms etc i should say that yes there are black sheep but please don't make every policy to catch hold of that 5% 10% black sheep someone who does wrong please penalize definitely but make the policy such by which you know you look at it of ease of doing business it shouldn't become that because one person out of 5 or 7 or 10 has done something wrong you change the entire law to make it so rigid that it becomes much more difficult for people to implement 
especially if you take the farming community where uh, you know for them even to understand get into the nitty gritty is not easy it's not easy so how can one ease it up how can one open it up and give the options to people and i have seen one more thing rajan the farming community and the people in these are very intelligent people who know what's good for them they may not have a degree from a college or they may not have a you know class 10 result exam uh, result but they know what's good for them and what's not and they have their priorities very clear you know I, I, coincidentally just to share with you we have agriculture research laboratory in ludhiana and i was there yesterday okay i went to the fields and there we saw the fields of farmers and you see the quality of the crop they've grown is fantastic so they've got the inputs they've done what they, the point is do they have the right forum to sell it at a reasonable price i think these are some some things which require more input no you yeah you have to we have to keep that farmer at the center yeah. of the sector's growth right we got to figure out how we keep the farmer at the center how do we build policy around it like what you said because the the you know the positivity of the farmers i mean like what you say is 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 there and unfortunately you know ajay what tends to happen we see these small pockets of excellence like what you mentioned your visit yesterday and we see that across india somehow it is not getting scaled you know because of whatever reason and and maybe there is another opportunity for us while we provide a collaborative platform for policy makers even for farmers to probably share you know a lot more i don't know who will do that how can that happen but if we can have you know strong platforms where farmers can benefit from each other we've seen that cooperative movement work sometimes very well in india in some at least some of the sectors but some innovative thoughts there and maybe india inc can just support some of these initiatives right so any any thoughts further what corporates and what india inc can do particularly cii especially if we are looking at this sector you know when i think back the three laws which the government of india at the central level wanted to implement on the agriculture front unfortunately they did not go through but one of them was a more open communicative way of working with corporates i think that is where the farmers are losing out definitely are losing out and there could be whatever reasons vested interests i don't know i don't want to get into that but i think if they can have a tie up with the corporate world and if they don't i you know i am 100% sure that if any corporate was to cheat a farming community or a village or a district the government will not let the corporate go they will definitely catch them which they should you made a commitment go by it i think these are things based as requirement of the corporates to get more deeper involved with the farming community to make it a win win government has done a lot and but there's, there's never any end to it you know what more you can do government has some fantastic uh, agriculture universities all over india some of them are bringing out tremendous products with the seeds or soil management techniques on xyz how do we push that to the last mile to the farmer this is where technology comes in i mean like i was saying in our sugar business we are getting farmers who got over 200 tons per hectare mm. compared to average 50 60 70 because of technology and they've taken the interest of course they have to have the passion of course but then they've taken the effort to get the knowledge and implemented so i think this is where the government can come in in a very uh, the uh, government can come in 
in a corporate and government can come in in terms of development third i think where uh, the research which is required today for better quality seeds better quality inputs i think these are things which can also be a tremendous asset for the farmers and for the country i'll give you an example let's take cotton got see gm cotton was grown allowed over the last 10 years 12 years ago the income the output went up three times india became a major exporter of cotton but in the last year or two there's a shortage of cotton we become an importer because the seed quality and development and there were some hitches here and there and developing types of seeds which led to our situation how do we provide i'm taking let's take gm for example Today, GM is there. Are, I think eighteen or nineteen different types of crops, which have GM seeds, and it's grown in twenty-five, thirty countries all over the world for the last twenty years. I'm really glad this government has opened up and said you do the experiments and uh, work towards getting that. We need to do that much faster. It's a win-win across the board. So I think this is where the corporate sector, government, technology growth, research and development. all of them have to come together to ultimately reach and where the fpos can play a very major role the farmer producer organizations because they are like a cooperative so they are like a membership and they can you know communicate with them and share with them what to do what not to do so i think the scope is tremendous no no i think you very well articulated the role of of multiple stakeholders you know to make that happen i think key to that ajay is building that trust Right, and we all know trust doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes daily commitment, you know, sticking to what you commit on a daily basis, you know, winning that, you know, rather than it coming naturally. And I think as we are able to build these trusted ecosystems, hopefully around, you know, the agricultural sector and keeping the farmers' interest at core, like what what you rightly said, I think it will become a win-win for corporates in any case and every other agency involved because if the farmer is is well incentivized to deliver the outcomes i think everybody benefits you know what you just rightly said example, yeah i may yeah of the sugar industry in our company mm. 96 97 98 mm. rajan when we went for the first time when we put up our factory and we started the farmers used to come close with a virtually torn they didn't even have a bicycle yeah. within 5 years time the farmers started coming in in bicycles and motor and the motor and motorcycles within another couple of years time they started coming in cars we saw the quality of the houses change we saw suddenly antennas on top of the house for television well, i give you an example i was talking yesterday i went to ludhiana on a lighter vein but that's a fact we drove through a village to go to the field where we are doing our trials i was amazed to see in this village there was a shop which had written out said the beauty parlor I'm saying that's the aspiration of our youth today. Yeah. Yeah. We give them the way with all the technology, the inputs to fulfill their aspirations. No, and the exposure today is so much more, right, than the past. So it's not that people are not exposed to that. The smartphone in the hands of every person enables you to tap into the world the way you want to. You know, internet has changed the exposure. So what you say is, I think it's making us making it easier. to be able to you know at least understand the aspirations but obviously as the aspirations go higher we have to find ways to to connect that but that's the beauty of this 
you know journey of india to 100 because i don't think there's any other country ajay in the world which has such a large youth population which will become a part of the employable global workforce you know what you rightly said at a time when you know uh, the rest of the world is aging including china and i think this is our window you know it's literally you know in in the history of mankind you know you won't find a country of 1.4 billion people transforming itself you know from an underdeveloped so i think the excitement and potential is so much it's just about you know getting the things right and you know as we move on this journey ajay what are some of the other sunrise sectors like we've talked you know extensively about agriculture because it's so important and critical but i want to spend these next you know 12 to 15 minutes that we have to to tap into some of the other things so any other sunrise sectors that you feel you know which are critical from an india standpoint where we can become you know uh, the leading global player in the next 25 years uh, what do we strengthen how do we look at it any thoughts around some of the other sectors i think one is outside agriculture now not necessarily agriculture sorry in general i think one the potential for india to become a manufacturing hub for the world is tremendous we are stuck at the 16 17% for some years now i sincerely hope india at 100 we are at least 25% of the larger gdp level that's the important point it's good to see the investments happening good to see the priorities happening there is of course again work to do state wise center wise on ease of doing business that's an activity ci is deeply involved with as you are aware we are discussing with government very proactively and they are listening very proactively seeing how they can work on it but there is lot to be done i think that's one area where there is a lot need to be done second is i think which i mentioned earlier is in terms of ai and ml and technology i think that is something india can definitely be a source of strength for the world in terms of giving that technology out and sharing for making it applicable in virtually all sectors so that it becomes an ease for not only cost wise but ease of doing it but also for the quality management side delivery side i think another area where india needs to focus is on the logistics side of management in the country i think today we are not the most competitive in the world we need to do a lot more of that the focus on infrastructure is strong we are seeing that which is which is very positive but i think the entire thing of supply chain management the costs of logistics etc we are still much higher than many other countries i think we need to do something there also very proactively another area is climate change I think that is something where it's, we are seeing the impact of that across the world today. India will feel it too. It has felt it, but it will feel it and can feel it more compared to what would who would ever see dream of what we are seeing in Europe or America, or Australia, things of this type. We have to be very careful, and I think we have to be very conscious of how we want to work on some of these things. On some areas of agriculture, if I may say so, is the biological side. Well, you know, we don't have to have only chemical fertilizers, but how to get biological fertilizers and stimulants and inputs, which can help farmer produce the output and productivity. That can be a very good area. Some focus on some areas today. India imports almost seventy-five to eighty thousand crores worth of oils and oil seeds. How do we get that into our own portfolios here, and we don't have to import it? And today, what's happening is the cotton seed oil, etc., we import. it's all gm cotton cotton seed oil 
why can't we do it over here and grow it and save that on exchange pulses is another area where we are importing 12 14000 crores a year how do we get that into our own uh, economy so we don't have to import it so it's a matter of saving imports as well as expanding exports i think the potential in india is huge on many many fronts but someone has to have the passion to take it up you know all these things corporates uh, government we've seen even in government we've seen couple of ministries what phenomenal work they've done here. i mean it's absolutely amazing and hats off to them what they've achieved but we need to do it across the board yeah no i think i think what you rightly said uh, you know the alignment around all of these both thoughts initiatives cutting imports expanding our export footprint at a time when the world is anyway looking you know at a alternative to to china and other parts of the world we always say you know hopefully by india at 2047 the world will talk of an india plus one strategy you know not not the other way around for which what you rightly say competitiveness in our manufacturing sector has to come right and i think what everything infrastructure logistics will help that and i still remember even in your ci president days that was a very strong emotional point for you as well that you know we see the chance we see our ability to improve our manufacturing share of gdp really yes. what can we do to make it happen right and i think uh, hopefully we are on that journey and that path you know uh, again one more point which i mentioned earlier that with our you know 29 states and eight union territories if i recollect for the economic growth part of it there are 47 different acts and rules which are concurrent subjects which means ultimately the state has a final authority right. the decision making power so i think this is where each state has to take it up first or in some coordinated manner to sell it to the states so something needs to be done yeah. no i think i think competitiveness of states also we keep seeing these different reports surveys you know the investor weeks that we see so we are seeing states also being extremely proactive on attracting the right investment you know into the states and and i think uh, that part is shaping up but but to the to the to the larger point is how do we really increase that manufacturing as a percentage of the enhanced gdp will require some you know innovation in both implementation thought processes and hopefully uh, you know we'll be able to crack that collectively uh, you know uh, and maybe also get indian corporates and global investors who are coming into india to take a little more risk as sometimes you know we uh, we say we, we're not as risk taking probably as the west and other countries that have thrived on innovation even our r&d spends as a private sector is is far below global standards so maybe that could be some shift uh, you know but many many things can can aid that process uh, but it's interesting times definitely you know and, and you know another point uh, uh, i want to talk about ajay is is you know there are so many other areas in india right that need to shape up especially ones that you know are driven both by the corporate sector but also uh, through philanthropy and you know uh, ngos and other you know institutions that are built for public good uh, and i know you and your dcm shriram and the csr you know piece of your group is deeply committed towards programs in education uh, you know rural development of course uh, which is quite core to your business but you know vocational livelihood development healthcare sports for example is something that you promote uh, so how does the csr side you know how does philanthropy both 
a corporate individual you know time skills money how does all of that come together you know in a new india of 100 if you were to imagine how how do you see that play out i think i think it's a very important area rajat it needs to be looked at if i may say so for our group i'm going back over 100 years when sir shri ram was the one who actually was running the industry and it was in the uh, it was in 1926 that he started shri ram college of commerce he started industry after that but on the philanthropy side whether it's colleges whether it's art centers bhartikra kendra or shri ram center for art etc or now the next gen has done the shri ram school i think all these are moving very proactively and i think our family philosophy is very much to give back to society i think that's something which is there right from day one and we've all seen it as we've grown up in the company of how the approach and attitude of our elders has been towards society around us i started my career in the sugar industry in the sugar industry one sees how one has to work with the farmers has to go to the villages and how you can improve their livelihood so you know it 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 starts literally from the exposure which i think all of us have got as members of the family to see how we can give the right focus and attention so our company also has very actively got into as you rightly said in terms of villages we are focusing more of areas where we are located because there we have one better control on the activities can monitor it can ensure delivery most important is not only set it up for instance we can in our quota region putting up toilets all over in a very extensive manner but you have to manage it and get the local society and the villagers and the schools to manage it so that it becomes a continuing maintenance it should not become a go down you know after a year or two years so one has to keep that activity going to get the mindset change which is required very actively as i mentioned little earlier i think water is something which is we consider to be very important for us because of the nation so whether is making water bodies collecting water conserving water pushing drip irrigation pushing land leveling so that water is not lost while doing agriculture uh, how to do proper uh, grow growth of trees and gardens within small towns we are looking at we've done it in kota we're doing it in our gujarat areas you know all that how do we make life better and a greener sustainability side of it if you look at it that's also a very important area which needs to be looked at so i think we've got these five six areas which each because we have separate separate divisions each one sort of focuses what is required in their zone and their areas we are actively involved but i think at a macro level looking at the villages upgradation education side health side water side i think these are areas where we are committed to growing committed to making it uh, effective so that the society around us gets the benefit and uh, they live a better life down the line you know i think that's something which you have to continuously keep doing no i think the next 25 years ajay are going to require many more like you uh, you know to to believe in the difference that they can make you know to society uh, particularly you know given the where you started right you want a poverty free india we want a you know job for everyone we have to invest uh, beyond what is you know uh, possible 
uh, to make that happen and i must tell you ajay uh, it's interesting there are many many interesting initiatives around philanthropy and giving especially with uh, new age wealth creators who have come in who you know want to deploy uh, a large part of uh, their wealth that they've created as effectively as they build businesses into the you know and i think that that trend is also changing and you know someone like you has been doing it for over about nearly 100 years but you know smaller families which might have smaller amounts to put but you know that buck can go that much further if it is supported through very interesting means so i think it's an exciting time uh, you know especially when it comes to india and what all we can achieve <laughs> but uh, but you know i how do you see the next gen the message for youth because you started with that and maybe you know our 45 minutes have just run by <laughs> we can keep talking but you know on a closing note what's your message to to the young people of this country what's your message to you know different stakeholders of india you know for these next 25 years any anything in particular you'd like to you know uh, share just some thoughts uh, it's an interesting question thoughts which come to mind is that ultimately i do feel that if society around you and uh, the industries around you prosper everyone prospers you know i think trying to move in a selfish way is not the right direction to achieve sustainable long term results one has to whether it's business i mean i do feel business and growth business is so crucial for the indian economy it ultimately provides jobs it actually gives a growth to the gdp it gives income to the government it actually is a win win across the board so each one should look at how they can contribute to the nation in their own area of passion and interest to be able to achieve their their satisfaction by pursuing their passion at the same time contributing to the nation i think that's important because you know the reality is when you go from here when you go upstairs you go with nothing so what is it you can do while you're here which can you know make life happy for yourself and for people around you so that it's a better society at the end of the day you know so my my message to everyone is that think a little bigger think a little wider think a little more nationalistic to see how can one can move forward to give the country a better footing and a sounder footing for the next 10 years 15 years 20 years and if each one think positive i think we can all contribute so i am an optimist so i think being an optimist i do feel that whatever one does will lead to something more positive down the line and i think i sincerely hope people believe in optimism and doing something positive there will be positive results at the end of the day totally agree i share your optimism so that makes two of us and that will be infectious and make others but such a beautiful uh, point you know the same vasudeva kutumbakam which prime minister modi has taken as a g20 theme you know for not only india but i think collective progress of the world will happen if we really think of the world as a whole and really invest to make sure that every person on earth you know benefits from the from the others who have already probably benefited a little more and make sure that you know we leave behind a, a better world so again ajay thank you so much for such a enriching and uh, you know enlightening conversation and look forward to to holding you committed to some of the things you said and will continue to look up to you and take your inputs as we move forward over the next 25 years on this journey for india thank you
very much Rajan for inviting me to share some thoughts and giving me this opportunity to share my ideas and thoughts a little bit and I look forward to working with you and with CIA and your committee to carry forward whatever we can for the benefit of the people and the nation of, the, of, of India. Thank you very much. Likewise, look forward. Thank you. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts.